I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Get stronger at the broken places in a week. Get weaker as we spit in the faces. From that day on the world will do your bidding. But the mark you left was like a chemical spillage. And the hate made a slash and a stain on my soul. Live from the podcast rooms in Glasgow, it's all about the jurors. With Ricky Neal, Derek Ferguson and Charlie Miller. Hello and welcome to All About the Gels, it's myself, Ricky and Neil, uh, and t- tonight's a bit of a strange night because unfortunately uh, Charlie's had to pull out at the last minute and Derek's away in his holly bags, but luckily I'm joined by one of my good friends, uh, Craig Houston, how you doing mate? Very well, very well. Are you ready to do a lot of talking tonight? Well I was expecting to share the workload with Charlie, but well, there we go. Ah, you'll be fine, but uh, before we get into the chat, I'd just like to say as per usual, a big thank you to all our sponsors, we've got Avia Signs. Park Construction and Plant Hire, Giant Sea Architectural, Plugged In Business Solutions, DB Dental Care and Crown Embroidery. Uh, and like I said, all, every week as well, you can get everything on our website, which is allaboutthegels.co.uk. So anyway, Craig, how are you doing? I feel, right. I feel like you're in here more than I'm actually in here now with your new podcast. Yeah, I'm going to get a, a bunk bed, I think, in that office at the side there, probably easier. Do you know, later on, we we're actually, in fact, we'll leave this to later, we'll talk about your podcast later on, right? Yeah. But uh, before we go into that as well, in football and everything, just want to say we've got a few gigs coming up, uh, we've got Corby, uh, myself, Derek Johnson down there, at the, I think it's the 27th of May, uh, and then we've got the Gallant Pioneer on July the 15th, and the Imperial Function, uh, 28th of July, uh, that's the Prod Claimers and all about the gel, so that's going to be a cracking night. Have you seen the Prod Claimers before, Craig? No, 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 I've heard <laughs> you talking about them. They're no, so good, by the way. You don't know what you expect, you know, and then when you see them, you're just like, oh, that's brilliant. Four, four hours solid entertainment. Sash bash or normal music? Maybe? It's a bit of everything, a bit of normal music, but yeah. see uh, volume in the flute, by the way. Oh, it's something else. Uh, and then they do a few wee party tricks, but one minute, like, the guy's playing the flute, and then the next minute, uh, the singer comes back dressed up as Tina Turner. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's really good stuff. Right, we're going to talk about football, Craig, and then we'll get on to your podcast later on as well, but... Football, old forum games, uh, the Celtic fans are saying that it doesn't matter uh, the result on Saturday. It was just a friendly uh, that they put out their, their B team. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Craig? Well, I predicted this at full time that it would suddenly be a meaningless game for um, Celtic fans, but I can't believe anybody that's a fan of a team playing their you know, arch rivals in a season where they could have an unbeaten league run would ever contemplate it being uh, not an important game. Obviously, until the whistle goes and Rangers are 1-3-0, then their mindset changed, so a lot of nonsense. There's no danger they went into that game not wanting to win with A, it being a a Rangers-Celtic game, and B, an opportunity to potentially have an unbeaten league run. That's it, Craig. I mean, see when you you look at the team that Rangers put out, and obviously the Celtic are saying that they had a B team out, right? You look at our team, McCrory, second game of the season. uh, Suter, he's played a handful of games. Yilman, same thing, handful of games. Uh, Matondo... Was that three, four games maybe he's played? Yeah. I mean, so uh, if anybody put out a B team, it was probably uh, Rangers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that, that team, Rangers put out, there's even, you know, uh, Cantwell and um, Raskin signed in January. So, and Sakala's not, uh, apart for the last few weeks, been a, a, a definite starter. So, certainly wasn't the Rangers uh, normal starting 11 either. So I'm just uh, looking at some of the comments coming in, and here's a. Uh, John Keane, he's saying congratulations to Tillman, Young Player of the Year. Has that actually been, has that just been announced? I've seen that. I know that he was in the running. For yeah, it. it might have been last night, actually. I was quite surprised because I think that there's a good player there, but I don't think he's been consistent all year. And if he's the best, most consistent young player in Scottish football, it's no great. But, right. you know, that's not decrying the boy. I think the guy is a talented uh, football player, but he's just not had the consistency. I would have thought to win a Player of the Year award. So John's saying, do you think we should sign him? 
I think it depends on what else is available. Again, you know, the guy, the boy, does have talent, and I think um, with the right coaching and he, he could, you know, get this consistency, he could be a, a good football player. Mm-hmm. But we don't know who, he, who uh, else is on the, the shopping list and who else is potential. Craig, here's a uh, Alex Kelly. He's always correct oh, with right. stats and everything, right? So he's just said, Craig, Celtic had already lost this at Merlin this season. So <laughs> sorry, I thought it was a draw, actually. Aye, sorry. Right, okay. Yeah, you know, I was, the game didn't count then, Alex. He never, he never <laughs> misses anything now, Alex. Uh, so me personally, I thought it was one of our best old firm performances for the full ninety minutes kind of thing uh, this season, and I was quite surprised when I seen the stats. I was, I was telling you earlier, uh, Rangers only had thirty-four percent possession and Celtic had sixty-six. You know, but our shots and target, we had eight targets and uh, eight shots and target, and Celtic had one and off target. We had eight. Uh, it's quite a strange. Uh, I, I didn't believe that when I seen that. I asked you that those stats round the wrong way because I was at the game and it certainly didn't feel like a game that Celtic had two thirds of the ball um, for a long period in the first half. I don't know if it was the tenth minute, or the twelfth minute, or whatever. Celtic hadn't actually been in the Rangers half, and there, were, there didn't seem to be that many uh, passages of play where Celtic were, you know, going up the right probing, no getting right. anywhere, coming back, playing it along the back, going left, that could, you know, put the, the stats up. I just can't remember seeing that much uh, myself in the ball, but that's what it is, that's, that's what, surprising. Seeing Saturday, what do you think Rangers done differently? We, I think we, we pressed them better, um, and they were doing a strange thing, maybe for those that were watching on TV, because the cameras are following the ball, but when we were in defence, I wasn't sure if Rangers were playing a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1 at times. It was, it was very flexible. And what they were doing, they almost played me a, um, a ghost nine, where the Sakala and uh, Matondo, when they were in possession, were going wide, right. which would either drag the centre-backs. And then if we turned it over quick, Cantwell was sort of filling in as a false nine. So um, it was a very fluid um, formation we had, and it seemed, to, it seemed to work. And I always feel Celtic going at them through the middle at pace is where going to have most chance because the ringers are all right mm-hmm. so the, the fullbacks are all right um for pace against a, a, a better pace but they've never had a fast center back for decades right what, what was the atmosphere like the full stadium of rangers fans there it was obviously it was <clears throat> it was loud and it was all one-sided and it was strange because um normally in a, an old firm game once the bears have celebrated the next thing you see is I see a people turn into a Celtic end and flicking two fingers up or whatever. <laughs> and you've seen loads of guys celebrating their pals and then turn around and think, we've got nothing to abuse at. Um, and I think the, the fact that we got a goal so early, um, the crowd... I just, were board. Or, aye, there was no nerves. It was, you know, if we hadn't scored for maybe 25, 30 minutes, uh, it might have been a wee bit different. But no, it was part of the atmosphere. Aye. for. Um, seen that, they, they nearly ran right up the park and scored uh, right after that, didn't they? It was strange, and I've not seen the replay of it, but... It looked like McCrory when he was coming out slipped. He slipped, once, he did. But it looked as if he'd done it twice. Aye. When he was deciding to go, and then when he did go, and the boy hit the post. But uh, if that had been in, it's maybe a... Do you think he meant it? I went back 3-1, so I would... No, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, to, I was there with my dad's cousin up at the... the they've got a, a table of four up at the top of the club deck, and I go three or four times a year with them. I said, Burley, I showed him my coupon. I said, see if Celtic scored, do I get to celebrate? <laughs> He's like, no, you better not. Oh. Um, because there was a few Celtic player, uh, Celtic fans hiding about uh, Ibox, weren't there? I, I think I've seen a few photographs with people taking photos saying, I think we've got one in front of us or one behind us, which was quite funny. Aye. Aye. You must have been able to tell for the smell, no? Well, I was facing <laughs> well, the front, facing the, I was in the front <laughs> row, so I, I was all right. Um, what was it like, obviously, full full stadium with Rangers fans, and how do you feel about Celtic fans coming back into the stadium, and vice versa? I think, I'll, I, you know, I can remember... And I started going to football in the early 80s, where uh, not only did they have the whole Celtic end, they had the enclosure, mm-hmm. they had a wee bit in the main stand. And the atmosphere, it's, 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 he struggled to get to match that. And I think a lot of people, when there was 7,500 in the Celtic end, <clears throat> and we struggled to compete with Celtic at the time, a lot of people you know, started saying you should cut their allocation and stuff. And I, and I think my, my opinion at the time was, no, we should just put a team on the part that can beat Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's strange. I've, I've not been, <coughs> excuse me, I've not been at Parkhead when we've had the only the 800 allocation. So um, probably, you know, a strange um, atmosphere when Celtic have been down to the wee corner. I just, I'd rather there was some there. I, I mean, me, I would, uh, I think there's nothing better than going to Hamden and it's not the best theatre for football, mm. but when 50, it's a 50-50 split, 
you can't beat that. The adrenaline goes up another 10, 20%. As a fan, I can imagine, but the same for the players. Um, and the fans, you know, certainly add to the atmosphere on occasion. And I, I, I wouldn't like to see it being done forever. But now we've got the problem where Rangers have sold so many season tickets. How could you then just suddenly say, right, well, we'll go back to 800 or 1,500 or 2,000, 3,000, whatever. But I certainly, um, when it was 7,500 of them there and we beat them, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I can remember many better days. Than I, think <laughs> I, know. I think somebody's going to need to cave in, aren't they, before? Yeah, somebody's going to need to blink. Aye. But uh, anyway, like, I'm going to start talking about the goals, right? I've, I've seen loads of good uh, comments coming in there. Uh, which is quite funny because it's only me and you tonight, Craig. Uh, we've not actually got Charlie. People want to talk to us. Uh, people are actually <laughs> wanting to ask us questions. I'm like, God. <laughs> you know, uh, no, normally I just ask questions. What happened to your hair, big guy? We've not got a fringe between us. Oh, tell me about it. I'm going to try and shave some of my. Well, that's, do you know that's about four weeks' growth? I, I've right. got. I, I, I can't grow a beard. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to shave it off after I've seen you tonight <laughs> and slagging me. Uh, right, we'll talk about it. First goal. Four minutes, excellent shot for Lindstrom and a brilliant finish uh, for Cantwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cantwell was immense, but I mean, that that shot for Lindstrom as well was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was quite central for the goalkeeper, but the power he got behind it, you know, there was no chance Hart was going to be able to hold it. And thankfully, the first to react was uh, Cantwell. And again, when you're at the game and you see stuff, the first thing I noticed when the ball went in was Hart claiming offside. Mm-hmm. You know that way your heart misses a beat, you think VAR, but when you've when you seen it, it was never offside, it was you know, a prayer. I, I felt the exact same. I, you know, you don't, you don't, you do celebrate, and then there's a kind of lull, mm-hmm. isn't there? Because mm-hmm. I, was, I was the same, and uh, it was funny, I was in my nephew's house watching it, and uh, he's got a wee baby, right? And everyone has jumped up and like, yes! The next minute, <laughs> we, we Joey was like, Wah! you know, and we're like, oh no. But uh, then, you, then you've got that lull, uh, is that? Who's outside? Is that you know? What I mean, it's it's kind of spoils a wee bit. I think with that. Aye, and it was it was only about heart, and it was only you know for a, for a fraction of seconds. I've seen Hart's hand come up, and I thought, no, I don't. But um, you know, it took about 10, 20 seconds, and we seen it again in the big screens at Ibrox, and it was nothing to worry about. But uh, it was a good good shot. Well, uh, from you, you seen him lining it up and think he's going to is he going to have a go? Is he going to, and bang. It was quite a hard shot as well, well by If it wasn't for the power... It was like goals. a half volley half or something, wasn't yeah, it? Was like, the, the goal, if the goalie can hold it, it's no goal. So he's, he's hit it with a fair bit of a power right. behind it. Then we move on to 33 minutes, corner in, Suter. The determination in that guy to win that header was unreal, wasn't it? Aye, and again, it, it took the replay for me to see what happened. Uh, Goldson jumped, and it looked to me as if it something bizarre, like it hit his hip or hit his back heel or something. I didn't see when it was live. Uh, running up to Suter taking the run and, and then the diving header almost at it. But I was delighted for him to get the goal because that, that boy, he's had a bit of a tough time. I, I felt he should maybe have, uh, when Goldson came back, he should have been starting uh, until Davis. And it's took an injury to Davis to, before, uh, to, uh, the, before he's, he gets he's on. He's getting a start. Well, that boy buried his brother not so long ago since he came to Rangers. It's horrible. Said, and his injuries at the hearts as well. So, you know, he's, he's not had a great time at his start his career at Rangers. So I was delighted to see him. I thought he had a steady game. You know, I'm just I'm jumping back to uh, Cantwell. Uh, Gary Payton actually says, would you agree or disagree seeing someone saying that Cantwell could be the best midfielder in Scotland since Gaza? And Gaza was one of my idols even before he came to Rangers. And I don't know, I don't know. I think he understands what the club's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whether he's got that class is still to... <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big I, one, I, isn't I, it? I think, I think he's... How many games has he played? Maybe half a dozen. And he's probably had two or three really good ones, maybe one or two quiet ones, and Aye. maybe one or two average ones. I think it'd be a bit early get that hopeful but, the, but it certainly he's, he's got something about and yesterday and Saturday he was tackling he was tracking back he was getting it into folk I don't think a lot of the fouls he got against them were fouls but what surprised me was I thought if that referee thinks they're all genuine fouls he's going to have to book him for the number of them eventually mm-hmm. for yeah, persistent yeah. fouling um, but I he was he was tore in and he was pulling the tricks off and I see see that trick he done where he beat the two spun, and he kind of spun yeah, and came yeah. out and then he get he get brought down. You're like, how did he even do that? You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it was brilliant. But the thing I love about Campbell is see even when he's down, the boss still didn't seem to leave his feet and he still managed to get up and go for a run. I uh, did you see there was a there was a thing some dance thing they're all doing on Instagram or something just now, right? And he he done a wee clip. I just seen it this afternoon and he looked as if he was in like his garage or something in the house. He was top was off. That boy's ripped. Aye. See the, the core strength. Just like us. I just like me. When you're at 18 packs. But I know. And um, you don't see it when he's, he's you know, his, his football gear on. But a wee pair of shorts. And he was topless. And he was doing this silly you, you're, you're starting to look like you're enjoying that video too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on to the second half. Uh, obviously, right after the second half, O'Reilly was through with Ross McCrory. 
Uh, it looked like he was he was going to score it, but he, he got a brilliant save over the bar. What's your thoughts on McCrory? Because obviously there's rumours that we're getting another keeper in, but do you think he deserves a, a chance to prove that he can be number one? I think the, the time he's been at Rangers and he's not been given an extended run and the age he's at just now for a goalkeeper, I think it would be very harsh if we went out and got somebody and, and he became third choice again. I think um, I'd like to see him play the remainder of the season, to be honest with you, and, and just you know see how it goes then. But certainly, I, I can't remember him making any blunders. It was that <clears throat> we and we slipped, slipped. That I don't know what it was, his boots or something that you know could have been anything. But he pulled off that that save, and he had one. I think he came out and gathered. He just looks a comfortable goalkeeper, right. but um, I think he's he's, he's due his chance. No, sorry, I'm, I keep on going back to Cantwell. It's just because people keep on putting things up about Cantwell. But uh, Ali Quinn is saying Cantwell was actually worth fifty million only two seasons ago. The boy's very talented. No love about his attitude. Uh, great, great, I can't even speak like <laughs> for the game. Great player. Where was he valued at? Something they can offer for that, or was that? It was rumoured that uh, I'm sure it was like Liverpool and Everton and one other team. Aye, and it was between the forty and sixty million. So it was so. Would we pay one and a half? I thought we got him for a free. Don't we know. No, do we know pay early to get him? Was it? Is that what it was? Aye, but I mean, aye, I'm impressed with him anyway. Let's move on to the next one. 69 minutes, Sakala. Uh, <laughs> brilliant fight yet again by Cantwell, but I don't know how many people, if it was just myself, that thought this is going to no, be... No, it definitely wasn't yourself, Ricky. Uh, it was 50,000 folk in the stadium thought the same. Uh, side netting, here it's coming. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think it was just a big sigh of relief when it rolled across the line. And again, when I seen it on uh, the replays, it wasn't far from hitting the post. Aye. It was quite close, but I, you know, the big guy, I think sometimes he gets too much time to think and uh, he's better just at reacting and he'll score more goals. But when he's around the keeper, I thought he'd overhit it, but he got there and uh, and rolled in and near post. So, right. you know, Alex Kelly, I love all his wee scenes. I'm definitely going to get him on the show one day. Uh, he's saying the difference for him is that we didn't play with any passengers on Saturday. Too many players that have yeah. went missing this season. McCrory, Yilmaz, Suter, solid in defence. Raskin, Lindstrom, Cantwell, control the midfield. Sakala and Matondo were great. Right ball as well. I, I was thinking about that um, yesterday. I thought not, not one player didn't get pass marks. And I can't remember the last time we said that about a Rangers uh, game in the league. Mm -hmm. Not even. With Yilmaz, I think a lot of the comments have been about um, Todd the Prod. Um, is his brother, his brother called him. I said he didn't understand what that I meant. Prodigy. <laughs> um, so I think you know a lot of the headlines have been about uh, Cantwell, but I was watching Yilmaz particularly in the first half because he was playing at the side that we were at, and that boy didn't do too much wrong. He was you know he was getting back uh, when needed, and he, he was posing a bit of a threat every time he went wide. He looked he looked like the player that we all wanted when Aye. we signed him. I totally agree with you. Even last week. I wasn't too sure about him against the Aberdeen game because I think the difference between him and Barisic now is Barisic will sprint up those wings and cross the ball in, but that's getting very predictable now. Whereas Yilmaz, he's not that kind of player and he's a better defender, I think. No, he doesn't like losing the ball. Well, he was overlapping and he was making himself available, but he was also cutting in sometimes when he had He it. was doing that on Saturday, I thought, yeah. but compared to the Aberdeen game, Aye. I don't think he was doing any of that, you know. Uh, <clears throat> Cantwell and Raskin, obviously, they dominated midfield and they're two of Michael Beale's first signings. And hopefully we'll be able to have a say in the matter. The players that are going to be coming in are going to be that kind of quality, you know, because I think this year, Charlie keeps on saying it, this year he thinks we bought quantity and not quality. Well, I think even forgetting about how the quality turns out, because you'll never know if anybody's good enough to play for Rangers until they play for Rangers. But if you're signing eight and nine players every season and expecting to get them integrated into your squad, it's a big ask. Maybe do that once every four or five years, you'll get away with it. But to try and do that every year, ideally, you would, you'd would you want to be topping up two, three, maybe four maximum. Um, but the problem we've got this year is we've had so many contracts that have been left to expire that that's maybe not possible for Rangers. Unless they want to run me quite a lean squad next year, they're going to need to go for both quality and quantity or, you know, run me a, a sub-20 man squad. Right. Do you know anything about all these rumours about the, the money that's meant to be coming into Rangers, you know, there's this big American, all this kind of stuff. I think that's all it is, is rumours, to be honest with you. And I don't know, I'm not trying to be smart and I know something I'm trying to hold back on. Um, I just think it's rumours. I mean, if, if anybody wants to take over Rangers, it's not as difficult as people would think. Because of the, um, the way business uh, legislation is, if some person buys 30% uh, of the shares, 
are then legally obliged to offer to buy every share at the price that they paid for those thirty percent. So nobody, you know, somebody ah nobody he'll no sell and he wouldn't sell and nobody could buy all rangers. But as soon as somebody gets the thirty percent, so they could potentially buy two or three people out, be at the thirty percent, and then they would be legally obliged to offer money to buy everybody's shares. Mm -hmm. So you know, it could happen. Um, but I would be shocked and stunned if there was nobody out there looking to, and we, we know about the Kylie uh, Aye, American girl, Fox. but I would be shocked and stunned if there was nobody out with her sniffing about Rangers at any time, um, but particularly as we might have another European um, adventure next year. And I think anybody that was wanting to invest in Rangers at safety say will be in Europe every year, just depending on competition. So they're not a big um, risk, whereas if you're trying to buy in another league, whether that be Belgium or even in England, and get a buy into a club that you're guaranteed European football, go and find them. That's quite bit hard. There's not a lot of them, but we're Rangers. Um, so from that, and the, the, the share price is at 25 pence, unless you're not a Rangers director, there's 40 pence, which I find a bit weird. But, um, you know, if Rangers directors can buy shares at 25 pence and other people could, well, no dear. Um, you could buy a fair lump of Rangers for not a lot of money. So I would be shocked and stunned if anybody out there, there wasn't anybody interested. Um, but it's, just, it's just when you hear about them, there's five or seven players coming in, but then you forget there's actually quite a lot of players going out. Well, the wage bill will be going right down. Yeah, that's right. And it, you know, it doesn't take a lot of 30, 35 grand a week players to go Aye. to give you, you know, you, you don't, okay, you could say, well, we don't pay players right away if they take a four year deal. But if we were to use some of that money to put in the transfer budget, you don't pay your transfer on day one. You pay that over a, a, a period as well. So the savings that we'll probably have a 30 odd million pound but, um, wage bill come July when all these contracts are up will probably be significantly lower and you could transfer some of that into um, uh, transfer fees or go and give some good 30, 40 grand a week wages to some. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, John Keane, he's saying it was great to see Lowry on. He was only on for was the last 20 minutes or something like yeah. that. Uh, Brown, he thinks it'll be brilliant to see him with that mask. I'm just trying to say Cantwell and asking at the same time. Now. Don't say that, you can uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, But obviously, he doesn't seem to, obviously his mum passed away about a month and a half ago, which was a horrible, horrible thing to do. But even before then, he wasn't he wasn't getting into the team. And people were saying his attitudes, thinks at training. I just can't get that. I don't know if that's true. I think we all heard the same sort of rumours. And you know, I think uh, it's a shame Charlie wasn't on tonight because Charlie's probably a perfect person to ask about that. Aye. You know, when you're a young boy and you suddenly flung into the Rangers first team, how you cope with that mentally. So if you know young kids do that and they start getting a wee bit flash with the Rolex watches and all that carry on as we've all probably heard the rumours. I sort of get it. And as long as somebody gets a hold of them and steadies the ship, but I think it'd probably be bereavement would maybe be the bit reason for his, aye, his the latest um, kind of omission. Uh moving on to Ryan Jack, obviously he started on Saturday and the fans seem to be really mixed about should he get a, an extension. Me personally I would give him an extension. Charlie last week said he doesn't think he should. Uh, the only way I'd give him an extension is if he packed in international football. What's your thoughts on Ryan Jack? Um, I'm surprised he's not packed in international football long before now because uh -huh. of the way Obvious. he's treated by selections and when he goes on the part. But you know, if a guy wants to play for his country, who are we to decide whether he should do that or not? But um, I think, again, you need to know what the alternatives are before you can make decisions like that. And if we've got somebody that's better than Jack, maybe younger than Jack, and you could probably put the kettle on for being available for more games than Jack, then I think you would need to go with alternative. But I've not known what the alternatives are. It's a, it's a tough one. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if, right. if, if Chris Jack... If Chris Jack, he's a nice. <laughs> playing football now, <laughs> He's not that good at football. Um, but if Jack was... Um, Given another contract, I wouldn't be too disappointed. Um, and likewise, if if we you know used that money for somebody else right. that was maybe a wee bit younger, I, I also wouldn't be too upset. I, I think it would be good just to have for his kind of history with Rangers and the experience and the training and things like that, and just to let the, the new boys know what it means to yeah. be a Rangers player, all that kind of thing. But and stand in when needed, you know. But that's a that's a role that I think we miss out as in the club because I think that role could be better served with ex players in the coaching side of things. Yeah. And there's not that many. Um, and I think that's something that we, as a club, we could we could look at more and integrate next Rangers players, or heads of youth or anything like that, but certainly, you know, um, taking more of the youth teams as one or two ex-players um, ex that are coaches there now. But you look at other clubs, you look at Liverpool, for example, their youth academy is full Aye. of legends. Um, ours isn't. Aye. Um, and I think... Why do you think that is? 
I think it's probably down to Craig, Craig Mulholland's been there for a long time. And Craig 20 years or something. Yeah, like Craig had a different view on things and Craig's uh, contacts were, you know, SFA driven and, you know, he, he, obviously he was the one that gave it the job. So it's obviously I would imagine his decision and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying it's different. Um, and that's probably why. And whoever gets the job, if they think it, it's important that you have people with a better understanding of the club and mm -hmm. um, I know John Brown's a scout just now, but remember John Brown used to take the under 18s and 21s. Right. I'm in McGregor and you can imagine these kids, they wouldn't need to be told after a couple of years with them that how to behave as a Rangers player, you know. I know, I mean, there's Alex Kelly saying that I feel pronged his Rangers career by quitting playing for Canada. He thinks Jack must do the same. You know, so it's no, it's a fair comment. It's uh, aye. Anyway, Craig, we've got loads of questions coming in, but I'm going to focus on you. All right. Because <laughs> I'm the only person here. Aye, because you're, you're the only not really person, getting much. You're the only person here. But aye, for, there's loads of people asking where Charlie and where Derek is. Derek's yeah. actually on holiday, but Charlie had to pull out <clears> at the very, very last minute. And alone, loads of people are asking where Mr. John Leach is as well. He was going to be one of our sponsors on the show tonight, but he had to uh, pull out as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Because uh, we're getting new flooring done in Lounge 72 and he had to stay in and... Just, just for the record... I was Leach's replacement. You were, you were Leach's replacement. I, I, can, I, I can listen. See, being the, the Derek Ferguson's replacement, I could live with that. Aye. But see, being John Leach's last minute replacement, I'm kind. You must have been really stuck. No, not at all. Top choice by Leach. <laughs> not at all. It's when you text me earlier on, I was like, oh, could I have two on? And then I thought, no, because whenever Leach's on, you can't get a word in as well, you know. But uh, no, so I really appreciate you coming in. And obviously, if you've not seen uh, Craig's latest podcast, uh, it's called Craig Houston Talks To. A lot of thought went into that name. Yep. Uh, uh, but he's actually been recording a few podcasts in this room. And, he, you know, he, he said to me, I'm going to try it and see how it goes. And I was like, Craig, I honestly think this will work because the people you know and obviously your history with the club and that kind of stuff, I think it's not that you're only going to just do Rangers things, yeah. but I've I've been lucky enough to be actually sitting in and recording and listening to some of the stories. And even I'm surprised at some of the things that have been said. So what was, like, obviously your first one was with Paul Murray. Yeah. Is there anything he said that you were quite surprised at that... What? Sorry. Is that, is that you finished? Aye. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there was one comment that he made, and that my jaw just dropped. There was a few wee bits and bobs. It was some of the stories he told that I, I didn't know the full story, and it was interesting. But he was talking about the HMRC case and how HMRC spoke to him and Dave King about Ticketus. Mm -hmm. And it was them that found out about Ticketus, gave the information to these guys, and asked them to make it public. And I went, wow, because you, you, you know, I don't... But, when you're a football fan and these things are all pre-sons of truth and um, I didn't have as much knowledge as I unfortunately have now about how football clubs work. You just see the headlines and you never think, what happened? You know, how did that happen? How is that a thing? And that was a big jaw dropper for me. Um, I thought, you know, I didn't realise that's how it got into the public domain. Basically, HMRC mm -hmm. wanted that information out so that when the club eventually did go into admin, people would realise they great ticketers maybe had a bit to do with it and, uh, as well as, obviously, but not the sole reason of, of HMRC. Yeah, but even with Paul Murray, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't realise that how big a Rangers fan he actually was, you know, even before he was, like, yeah. uh, chairman, that, he was actually putting money in, was, was it Rangers Foundation? It was the, 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 uh, Rangers Youth Development, ah. um, and originally it was four guys, just, you know, fans with a bit of dough, and if you look at the ones that done that and done it in the past, they were all, you know, like Rangers fans that just, I think, at 250 grand each, you threw into Rangers Youth Development to, to create that company and, and um, invest in youth football. So, no, I mean, Oh, well, he's obviously, to put that sort of wedge in, you're a big fan, you know. I know. And then your second podcast with a very intelligent man, uh, Gordon Smith, mm -hmm. you know, the, he could have spoke for hours and hours, couldn't he? Yeah, and, you know, the time constraints with that, because if you remember, Gordon was, was held up coming uh, at previous meetings, and, you know, so we were con uh, constrained by the time, and that could have went on for another half hour out of that one. And again, I... Uh, Gordon, I've known Gordon for a while, and then Gordon's grandson plays for Sons of Truth Football Academy, so what a, uh, a lot of dealings with him. And 
again, you, you hear the stories the time to time, and I was, you know, I knew about the um, Paul McCartney story and the Pelly stories, but hearing about his career and how it, you know players move from club to club and the true stories behind that, I find that awful fascinating and. Great speaker, um, Gordon, and um, his stories were first class and a nice guy. And we could have done another hour Aye. easily. How good does it look for his age, by the way? I don't know what it is with their players. It's like him and uh, Parlane and all that. Aye. It's that like, hi, look at the state of us two. He's, he's about 20 years older than me. It's that looks like my wee brother. <laughs> it's brilliant. But then your third, your third one, we've only released part one of it so far, Sandy Chug. Yeah. Uh, how long have you known that guy? 15 years, 20 years, something do, do you know what's quite funny? When he, when he was first like talking to the microphone, I was like, I'll need to turn you up. You're dead quiet. And you're like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's just been posh. <laughs> he's been posh. And then he talked and he talked. But I mean, he's he's got some like story. See, through my life, the people that I became most friends with are, are generally very intriguing characters. Um, and Sandy's certainly a character. There's so many facets of Sandy Chug. And obviously, as well, publicised his football bullying past. And he's went to jail and been in the paper for these things. But... As a person, he just intrigues me. He's actually an intelligent, well-read guy. See if he's got a topic that he wants to know about. Sandy knows about it. Mm -hmm. That could be politics, history of Northern Ireland, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, he, he's not an idiot. And he's a great coach. The kids, it was great with kids when we coached together. And that's how, oddly enough, uh, we got pals. It wasn't through Rangers. We were coaching together at Drumsagard back 2008, it would have been. Um, and he was just a dead interesting character. And crackers. I mean, he was talking about half the time he's ended up in real problems. It's just been daftness. And he is, he's just daft. Right. He's one of these guys that you're sitting in a crowd of 12 folk and he's likely to just do anything. And the, the most off the wall things will just come in, he said, and he'll go. Um, and again, we could have sat for hours. I mean, and as soon as we finished, I said, Sandy, we never spoke about this, we never spoke about that. So part two, I think, I've, I've watched part two back, and it, it, I think it's even better than part one. Right. He's talking about the, the I don't want to talk about a family show, but a sex toy in Sweden, that story, <laughs> and forgetting he'd stole it and getting the jail out later on and strip search with a sting in his pocket. And that's Sandy, but that, that, that that's the epitome of him. He's just the daftness written out him. And, uh, well, you're going you're gonna to get the curry muncher that I'm excited because you mentioned the sex toys, by the way. All right. Uh, he's been saying, you know, what it said things must be bad if Ricky's not even laughing at my jokes yet. Uh, but no, nah, do you know, curry muncher has probably been like watching the podcast, even when it was the Blues Brothers as well. Yeah. But I've never ever known who the real curry muncher is, is right? right? It turns out he was in the pub on Saturday night, and it's only Saturday I've not been in in about three months. You know, missed so him. missed him. So, uh, I don't, I don't know what kind of vision I've got in my head of what this guy's going to look like, but he's coming to the pub on Friday because we've actually got uh, the Rangers Rabble coming out to do a live show on Lounge 72 on Friday, uh, followed by a wee bit of cabaret with Gordon Keane. Yeah. Uh, so Gordon's actually singing for the Proclaimers, so it's going to be a, a good night, but there's still tickets, actually, uh, if you just check out uh, Rangers Rabble on Twitter for that. But I'll just a wee plug there. Are you using this podcast to... Plug my pub. No, no, <laughs> to get dates for yourself, is this what's going on here? What do you mean? You in the curry muncher? That sounded a bit dodgy there. <laughs> do you know, there, there used to be, you know, you, I've always had my real name on Twitter, right? But you know you get loads of people that get false names on Twitter? There used to be one and it was brilliant. It was called the Hairy Jobby. <laughs> I remember the Hairy Jobby. See, I was on Twitter for a while when Sons of Truth was a thing, but I didn't like Twitter. So when there was, there was no need to be putting stuff out with Sons of Truth. I came away from Twitter. I've started getting back on now. Right. Um, to spread the word with the podcast, but some of the characters, the other one's the Phantom. Oh, and the Phantom, he's, he's still on. <laughs> I know, it was the first thing I liked when I went back on Twitter, right? Um, and uh, Lloyd Cross, but he's he's behind a, a screen now. But look, these guys are just nuts, and it it's sort of make up for the amount of lunatics you get. Yeah. But what I found was weird to see Advent of Sons of Truth and me having to be a wee bit more active on social media and stuff, people would come up to you. And introduce yourself as a name in Twitter, and you're like, mate, I don't. We didn't see me. It's not like a real name. I don't even. It doesn't even register with me, you know. And you're like, I used to, I, slash sixteen ninety. Like, eh? I, 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 used, I, I used to get that on the loud, and sometimes they wouldn't even tell you their real name. Aye, I found I mean, that really bizarre. Was, imagine everybody just started using the handle. So, right? Will curry, the curry muncher introduce himself, or will they just be the curry muncher? I don't know. We'll find out. Well, Linda Ross it just says curry's a good honest man. So Linda Ross knows him. Aye, so superb. So this will be quite interesting on Friday night. My wife's coming on on Friday night, by the way. I just want to say that, Curry Muncher. So the Curry Muncher is a guy, though. Oh, good point. I never thought that, actually. No, he might not even be a her. It could be one of the... Could or, be a them. Do you need to watch what you're saying? Curry Munched him. Curry Munched him. 
Aye. Anyway, Curry, right, there you go. I spoke to you for ages there. So, right, I'm moving on because not only have you got your podcast, do you want to see what else you're involved in with your, your wine and your... No. no? no oh, well, because some people are actually asking about it. Aye, no. Asking if there's going to be shared issues and stuff. <laughs> so... No, so that's all. No, we'll right, now. we'll move back on to football, but uh, definitely, if you've not uh, listened to Craig's podcast, and just go onto YouTube and check out Craig. Oh, I, may, I, may talks to. Having, I may be doing Charlie this week. I hope he turns up. I don't see you're doing Charlie. That's, that's, that's oh, right. That does sound right. <laughs> I mean, unless it was Chug's seat, right? You're doing Charlie and Chug this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is live as well. This is live, I know. So. Yeah, but, aye, so I'm doing Charlie. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> Rewind. I'm oh, interviewing no. Charlie. We have Charlie on the podcast. That doesn't even sound oh, right. No. Anyway, Charlie Miller's coming on. I hope he turns up. But the other one I'm doing that will be fascinating is uh, Gordon and Ian off the Founders Trail. Oh, nice. He's become an older thing, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Um, and they guys are fantastic. The, the story behind how they got together is fun- it's a story in itself. Is it? Eh? Aye, aye. And the stuff that they've found through um, their own um, searches and pre-internet going and sitting in a Mitchell library and just pulling out old newspapers and delving for stuff absolutely outstanding and I can't wait to talk to them it'll be great uh, right. to give them a platform because these guys and then they do the Restoration of Graves project right. started doing road shows where they go out to Rangers clubs and done some Masonic halls and groups um, and taking the story out and they've got an you know, audiovisual um, right. presentation they're doing it's fantastic and if anybody's never been on the Founders Trail trip it's good. It. Uh, I'd, I'd done it a few years back. Yeah. Uh, in fact, probably from about Rangers first days, I think we all done yeah. it. In fact, I think I was on the bus with you one of the times. Well, what they used to do was they used to keep a few seats for people and, you know, invite them on like yourselves and other people, you know, social media that could then go in and, and um, talk about it. And the, 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 I've been on it twice and unless they totally changed the script, the amount of information that I didn't pick up the first time, the bit that got me was, see when you're going about Glasgow City Centre, Mm-hmm. There's hardly a street you turn around, and they don't tell you a story about something associated with the Rangers that happened in that building. But that's where we did our first AGM, and that was a place that shop that one of the founding uh, the four lads had a sportswear shop. Right. You can't turn a street in Glasgow City Centre without a connection with, with Rangers and these four boys. It, it's oh, incredible. It's story. crazy because when it takes you way back, you're thinking, God, they four lads. Do you think they would ever imagined what it would have turned into? Yeah. I look at. <laughs> You've got your oldest team at Sons of Strauss under 15s. And I look at these guys sometimes and they're like, where's your shin pads? Oh, if I go at them. Like, you can't get yourself organised for what, yourself. For again, These kids started a club at your age. Aye. And it turned into... And it, do you know when it gets me? See when I walk up the marble stairs at Rangers at Highbrooks, and you get to the top and you start looking at the photographs of them and I think, they were teenagers. And it's this. And did they ever think their wildest dreams starting at Glasgow Green would end up here. It's, it's a phenomenal Rangers story. Forgetting what happened, the European Cup winners, Cup triumphs, and you know, admin and 50, forgetting all that. See the first 20, 30 years of Rangers going from those beginnings to playing at Ibrook Stadium. Somebody should do a film about it. Well, Robert Duvall done a film about uh, Scottish football, and there was already a pre made story there. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible story, it really is. And yeah. you don't get, I don't think, I think if it wasn't for guys like uh, like uh, Gordon and Ian, mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't appreciate it. The amount of things I've learned about our club's formation through these guys' efforts is phenomenal. And um, that, you know, that's why I've, I'm in, so interested in getting them on and talking to them. You're surprised that the club never done anything as detailed as this kind of thing about their history? Rangers have had a historian for a long time, David Mason. Uh, David Mason, a good guy. He's done a lot of books and research and stuff like that. But, you know, David has a job. Yeah. I'm talking about Angsos, Gordon and Ian, but their, their passion was, they would sit in the Mitchell Library for weeks on end looking for, I'll give you an example. You know that famous photograph of Rangers of the White Strap? Yeah, yeah. Right. Nobody knows if that was even match worn. There was a suggestion it might have been the strip they wore in uh, Scottish Cup final one year where there was two replays, so there was three games. Right. They actually went and found two match reports that described back in the day used to see Rangers took to the field in the Royal Blue, Knickerbockers and all that nonsense. They found two that said Rangers played in blue. So it definitely wasn't these two games. And it took them years to actually find the third. If they could find newspaper reports about the, the, the third game, but what, they had to find one that actually described the kits that both teams were wearing and eventually found one. 
and it definitely wasn't that Scottish Cup. So there's a lot of people still go, oh, that was the, the white jersey that we've had for the 150 oh, yeah. celebrations. It certainly wasn't a first trip. And we still don't know if it was even match-worn. And, you know, see, when I was a kid, we thought that, we thought that our, our club was formed in 1873. That was accepted truth. And if it wasn't for people at, you know, um, Gordon and Ian, we might still have believed that to be the truth. And we went and played a European Cup Winners Cup final in Barcelona, which was actually on our 100th anniversary without even realising it was on our 100th anniversary. We thought it was our 99th. Yeah. It's, 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 it's unreal. Right, Craig, we're going to move back to a couple of questions. And this one seems to be keeps on cropping up, right? And I don't understand uh, why, to be honest, because I think he's kind of done, especially in the past few seasons, but Callum C saying, I hope Tav uh, isn't captain next season. Uh, I think if anybody's going to take the captaincy over, it would probably be Goldson. But what do you think about Tav captain? Um, I think if it was a coin toss between Goldson and, and Tav, I would probably have preferred Tav, yeah. if I'm honest with you. Um, and as the ideal captain, I think his record of winning trophies is not up there at, you know, legendary status. Um, but what, what, what do you need off your captain? You need somebody that's been about the club. I think that's important. So you wouldn't have expect in normal circumstances have somebody brand new in. So again, it's what I'll often say is, well, what is the alternative? If there is a better alternative than Tav, then yeah, great. And if a manager would think that might be a Golson, fine. Um, but I don't, I just don't know who who is captain material in the, the team, especially this year. I don't think we've played great. I don't think we've showed much leadership in the park for any position. So who would you have been captain this year? And I think coin toss between Golson and Tav, I don't yeah. think it would make any difference either way. Um, and I don't see any other characters at the club right now that I thought that about. I mean, for what I've heard, it is kind of Golson. In the ginger room, he's the one that's doing all the shouting, you know. So maybe he's just a totally different uh, character yeah. we have, you know. But uh, John Keane is saying, "Do you think Europe will impact who we sign? Uh, how many rounds do we have to play for Champions League?" I can't remember if it's one or two. I think yeah, it's two. two. Um, and of course, I yeah. I mean that. And then is it? I mean, John Bennett told us, or Stuart Robertson told us after the fans were asking where the Champions League money went last year that it's actually not that much you get. So right. does it really matter? Um, but yeah, I think. It, common sense would suggest that it would impact your turnover in the year, therefore it would impact how much money you can get. Yeah, but I don't, know if he, I, I don't know if he's meaning would it attract more players if we're definitely in the Champions League, but by that point, for what Michael Beale was saying the other day, is he wants to sign everybody before pre-season. You know, so by that point, it's... You know. Depends who you're chasing. You know, you might have somebody whose stipulation is I want to play in the Champions League next year, but you know, I don't I don't think we'll be at the Lionel Messi and the, the Ronaldo um, echelons are signing targets this year. Players that we're probably going to be signing will be from, I would imagine, maybe your Belgians, your Championship, where any European football might be a bonus to them. I, I can't see as being at the level where players are saying, oh, I'm coming if you're in the Champions League, or you know, if you're in the Europa League. I can't see as being Aye. a shop that I think, I mean, you, as you said, when you look at the amount of clubs, especially down in English leagues, and there's only the top, was it four or something like that down in England, when we get into the Euro Europa and things like there's that? There's only one you sent to Europa. Is it? I mean, you've got four in the Champions League, was it one in the conference? I can't remember, but I was looking at it all day and I thought... So it's, very, it's very hard. Even even when you were talking about, you know, somebody that'd been interested in buying Rangers, you would think straight away. Because even see when we went into the admin, I was surprised that somebody didn't actually step in then. You know, it'll be a lot of money. Don't get me I know. I know. They did, they did Ricky. <laughs> Aye, but did you just, know watch your Paul Murray podcast? Uh, you know what I mean, come, but, but they wouldn't let them buy it. Uh, there's Stephen. Uh, I actually met Stephen over in Pierre Mature. Oops, I just clicked loads of buttons there. Uh, but Stephen was saying, Tav's actually been the captain for four managers now, so they all can't oh. be wrong. So that's quite a that's a that's a good uh, a good way of looking at it as well. Yeah, these guys have all had faith in him. There's Lauren. I actually just pushed the wrong button, but I'm going to do that anyway. <laughs> so it's Lauren says, "Don't see the benefit of stripping to have a captain. Say players can step up to motivate and inspire the team without the armband, which is true. You should have eleven captains in that so field. I, I, I think the, the the captain gets to do two things, and that's toss a coin at the start or call a coin toss at the start of the game." And pick up the trophies at the end of the game. But Club like Rangers, you look at the nine in a row years, especially the amount of people that didn't have an armband on that would you would not you know um put it past them getting somebody by the throat in a game and tell me no. a finger out. Right? Oh, imagine right. John Brown was never a captain of the Rangers, but imagine him, Stuart McCall, Goff, McCoyst, all these people were on the same team. The only one was a captain. Aye. That's, I think that's where we need to be. You know, I played a friendly football game with uh, John Brown over in Phuket one year. And honestly, I hadn't played football in ages. I don't like it in for the, the dancing about seven o'clock in the morning. The game was at 10 o'clock in the morning. 
and uh, he was shouting and screaming at me. He was playing left back, and I was sent off. And honestly, I was like, "Come down, it's well." That's, that's the thing that see when you play. I've been fortunate. I think I played in three different charity games with you know ex ex uh, professionals, and they still get this mad passion to to win. And I tell you, the worst one, Alec Ray. No. He was kicking folk that paid 200 quid to play in the game. That was his own team. That was guy, <laughs> that was his own team. Me, Alec, was nuts. But they, they all had this passion. Even um, John McDonald, these guys, like Marvin, and just still want to win. Crazy. Just die hard. Right, we'll, we'll go into the Hibs game in a wee minute, all right? Uh, but before that, just for some reason, it missed the start of the show. We've got a couple of gigs coming up soon. Uh, so I'm heading down to Corby on, I think it's the 27th of May, uh, with Big Derek Johnson, so that'll be a good one. And then the 15th of July, uh, myself, Charlie and Derek are in the Gallant Pioneer, if they turn up. Well, you can't phone me last minute for <laughs> that, Ricky. Oh, Don't that's... be phoning me with 10 minutes notice to go to Blackpool. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you would say no. Imagine if folk get paid money for tickets and I've turned up and said, hey, two, they'd want to lunch you. Oh, honestly, it's one of my favourite pubs ever, by the way. I love yeah. it in there. And then in the... If you want tickets for that, by the way, just go into the Gallant Pioneers Facebook page and they can sort you out. Then on the 28th of July, we're in the Imperial Function Suite over in Bells Hill, but we're also, uh, the amazing proclaimers are going to be with us as well, which is brilliant. So if you want tickets for that, uh, you just go to tinyurl.com, proclaimers. Right, Craig, predictions for Hibs game this Sunday. What time is that? Is that, a, is that half 12 Sunday? Is that a three? Not too sure. What do you think? Sunday could go anyway. That generally could. That, I think the what's more important now. I said the last time I was on, if we lost uh, the, the semi final to Celtic, we've got five dead rubbers. We should just pick anybody. I'm glad I changed my mind about that. I know firm game, but I do generally think these games see your loudies and your love race that came on for wee cameos. Yeah, yeah. I think now is a perfect opportunity. I would hate to see McCrory pose his jersey. I think he deserves to get these remaining games. Um, and try and I genuinely anybody that's not already signed a contract for next year or still under contract, I wouldn't play them because what's the point? I mean, that's taking um, but two hundred seventy game minutes of game time off people who like lovelies and your you know your your Lowry's that could really benefit from it. If 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 Kent's not going to be with us, what and it's, he's injured now, so yeah. you know, that's maybe quite handy. But you know, um, Morelos, I just wouldn't play them. I just give it the, give the game time. To people that that um, could really benefit from it. Do you know I was listening to Michael Beale's press conference the other day, and he was saying he's already had the chat with all the players, and some of them are actually players that still get contracts, and they've all been told, you know, if you're staying or no this yeah. season, you know. So it must be a horrible time for a football player, especially if you think you've got a year or two left. To I'm sure at Rangers, twenty-five to thirty-five grand a week, they'll be all right. It would help you. Eh? <laughs> uh, right, we'll just do a prediction because we're actually running out of time. And here's me thinking we're going to struggle what to talk about tonight, but. Uh, before we do predictions, I just want to say once again, thanks to all our sponsors, Avia Signs, Parts Construction and Plant Hire, Giant C Architectural, Plugged In Business Solutions, DB Dental Care and Crown Embroidery. And you can get all of their websites and all that info on our website, which is allaboutthegels.co.uk. But we'll do predictions and then I'm afraid that's us. Can I just say a yeah, shout Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Sons of Street Under 13's A-team finished the league um, campaign Saturday. They'd already won the league with three games to spare. Oh, brilliant. Finished the league, top of the league, first division champions, undefeated. Undefeated. Three draws. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So, so tremendous VT. And they've got two cups. Divisional Cup, they're still in semi-final Saturday. They play the final of that whenever. And then they've got the big, uh, the biggest cup, they're still in the League Cup for all the 50, 60 teams in Paisley District League and final in the 27th of May down in Port Glasgow. So, right. you, must be, you must be proud. Oh, they're, they're, I can remember when you started that all those years ago. You know what I mean, uh, well, I'm, I brought my boy Robbie, uh, but you just didn't have couldn't, a, couldn't an age group. Couldn't get enough players in that age group for a team in Robbie's age, and uh, it's definitely worked out. You've had some amazing uh, former Rangers players help you as well, haven't you? At training, yeah. Uh, but predictions for Hibs, Hibs, coin toss, two uh, 0 You don't know where it's going to go. You know, if you could go with under 18s I know. Um, so I, but I will win. Aye. Just you know that it's Rangers. We're right. only playing Hibs. I'll What's do a three one. I'll do a three one then. Yeah, actually, do you can't annoy them. Nah, I just listened back. We used to actually do it. We used to do a wee competition. I backed Rangers three one on Saturday, mate. <sighs> I know you're saying. I was just couldn't believe it. <laughs> There's I was, I was wanting to sell it to score. How bad's that? Aye, but I wasn't disappointed. I didn't. I can imagine. 
<laughs> right, anyway, thanks for uh, coming on, Craig, by the way, because very last minute substitution because Charlie had to pull no, out. I and... apologise to your viewers who are not tuning no, in. Do you know, Charlie and, uh, a lot uh, of them have stayed, which is good. Is that right? You've got two still <laughs> so, here. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's been great and it's good. To, I'm, I'm reading all these comments. I'm getting quite uh, excited to see who Curry Muncher is. Uh, so, I don't really want to know too much. And, uh, so we'll find out on Friday. But once again, Craig, uh, thank you. And uh, thanks to everybody that's joined us tonight. And we will be back uh, next Monday. Don't know who it's going to be. Charlie will definitely be back. I'll you know. just get my sleeping bag. Uh, you just get your sleeping bag. In fact, you're back in on Wednesday recording your podcast. So make sure you check out Craig's podcast. It's called Craig Houston Talks To. And it's your second part's going to be out tomorrow, isn't it? I hope so. I'm just waiting for the guy to edit something. <laughs> he's, a bit, he's a bit slow. Right, take care. All right. See you all next week. Drink.